but mostly it's about honesty um, and writing from the heart because we're all human beings. We have so much in common, even we come from different income brackets, different families, yes, different, different races, different religions, but we have so much more in common than we could ever even try to have um, apart. So when we're willing to be honest with each other about what's going on, that honesty will transcend the differences and people, people will connect, people connect to it. Sylvia and me. Hi, I'm Sylvia Beckerman. Join me today as I talk to an extraordinary woman who is changing the world by making a difference in her life and the lives of those around her. Hi, my name is Boomi Laddington. I'm a writer um, and a mother, and welcome to Sylvia and me. Boomi, thank you so much for for taking the time to be with me here today. Uh, We're going to have a great conversation because you are something else as far as I'm concerned. Uh, We're going to talk about your new book called Reconnecting with God Through Our Wandering. But I want to talk about how you got there. Uh, As you said, you're a writer and you've written other things. You've written Uh, Dear Mother, which is uh, a combination of poems on the uh, hot mess of motherhood, the love, the joys, the nonsense, the, you know, everything, the struggles. And then you also wrote a fictional uh, Confessions of Domestic Failure, which I think is, you know, hilarious. Um, And basically about the societal pressures on, on mothers and what we're supposed to do and really what happens. Um, before we get into that, um, for those who are listening and want a connection, you're also known as the honest toddler. Yes. Which again, in a few minutes, we'll get into why you have that moniker. So can you get into a little bit of your background? Um, where did you grow up? Um, what was your family life like? Yes. So I grew up in um, California, in Northern California. I I live in Canada now, but um, I've I've been here 10 years in in Quebec, in French Canada. But I I grew up in California to a very religious home, um, but I didn't connect to religion at all. Um, I kind of faked my way through it, I think, a bit. (laughs) I didn't realize I was faking, but, you know, when it's culture and religion, there's a difference between that and I think having a relationship with God or um, having your own spiritual life. Um, and I didn't really, really connect in a, in a deep way. Um, I left home really early, or at 16. And um, I think I, then I began really wandering, um, but not realize I was wandering, really striving for what I thought um, success was. I was very ambitious. I started... Uh, my first website at 18, I was selling ad space to, to local companies and, and writing content. So I was very ambitious and I knew I wanted to be successful in the world. And I saw that as a sense of security. Um, religion, again, spirituality wasn't interest- interesting to me. I was about security, which I thought was amassed through uh, physical success. So like financial success. Um, so I continuing there, I got married um, and had kids. I actually converted to Judaism. Um, my husband, he, he was Jewish and I didn't have to, but I, I just, I 
when I started learning about the faith and gosh, because his family is reformed, they're not extremely religious. Um, it's more cultural, but for me, like I just connected immediately to it and, and I just loved his family's, um, gosh, their expression of it. And I just loved this, this story about this God and this people who, you know, go back and forth, have this great love, but also this, this wandering, this leaving, then returning, leaving, then returning. And then also the Jewish people, how much they've overcome, um, I mean, being chased from every corner of the world, persecution, it's just, I mean, I, I just, I really just fell in love and I, I, I converted. And then again, it wasn't really about God. It was about, um, it was about culture, but also about God, but I didn't have a still personal relationship. Um, then late, we moved to Quebec, um, the marriage ended up falling apart and I didn't know well, what to do. Before we, before we get into that, you yeah. just mentioned that it was more about culture than it was about religion. Yes. Um, so what was it about the culture? You talk about the perseverance of, uh, of Judaism, of, yes. of the Jewish people and the strength. Yes. So you had grown up in a very um, strict religious uh, family, which you really yes. had had not a lot of part of, as you said, you faked your way right. through it. Yeah. So when you met your, your now ex-husband, um, yes. what drew you into, uh, to even looking at the Jewish faith? Well, I think more than him even being Jewish, I think I was really looking for family and community um, because I'd never really felt home in the faith um, community of my origin. And even really, we were both looking for family when I look back on it. We met very young. I was 16 when we met. He was, he was 17. <laughs> no, I was 15 when we met. And yeah, he was 16. And, um, and so I think we were both looking for family. Like a lot of people are. Um, depending on how you grow up in your family, I, I think a lot of people are left a bit wanting, a bit really looking for connection in life. Um, I think that's why social media is just so popular. We're looking for connection all the time. Um, and I found it in, in a people who persevered, a people who, man, overcame so much. Um, and so I, I, yeah, I just really began studying and I took it so seriously. I enjoyed every second of it. Um, but then after the marriage ended, it was kind of like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? Because again, my faith was so tied to something outside of myself. Uh, my role as a Jewish mother, a Jewish wife and everything. Um, so really then I began wandering, um, tried everything, paganism, um, all kinds of, all kinds of faiths ev went everywhere until I had this, I had this incredible moment um, of, of really just feeling rock bottom in all areas of life. And then really going back to the God of my childhood and saying, I need you. I tried to do this by myself. Um, I can't, and I need help. If you're the, the master of the universe, if you created the stars, you can certainly help this one woman in Montreal. <laughs> well, how did you, okay. So you're looking, you, you uh, believed in prayer. You prayed to, to God to help you. Yes. Um, did you, did you uh, expect anything? What were you exactly, you know, people I go, Oh, I need a sign. Uh, right. You know, a sign. Uh, right. Did you have a sign? Was there a moment in your head where it was an aha moment? 
Um, not at that time. When I, when I prayed that prayer, like of really just admitting I can't do this by myself anymore, the first thing um, that he, he reconnected, he put in my memory of when I was standing next to the Torah um, in the synagogue at my conversion ceremony and how I had vowed to, to follow this God and to be part of this people. So he, he made me remember that promise, which I found so shocking because I'm like, oh, you saw that? So he was helping remember my vows to him almost as like a marriage, like that I had made vows and that he hadn't left me. I had been the one that had wandered. And so, um, so that really sunk in over a long period of time that he hadn't ever abandoned me. I'd wandered. And so again, I started praying. I started doing my practices again, but I still felt like something was missing. And so I prayed again. I, I said, you know, it just popped into my head, the idea of Jesus. In I study a lot of faiths. In Islam, Jesus is, is called a prophet. He's called Isa. In, in Christianity, he's called the son of God. Didn't really make sense to me how God could be a son. Sing, what is he, a single parent? I didn't understand. <laughs> and, and then in Judaism, Jesus is kind of this young, he's a Jewish boy who, good Jewish boy, but he, he went kind of got ahead of himself. His followers made him out to be something he wasn't. And then they created a faith that persecuted them. <laughs> so at that point, I wanted truth. I didn't care what it was. I just wanted the truth. So I, I began praying and asking God, who is Jesus? If, if he's important to you, I want to know. Um, and so let me know. And I'm standing at my patio, my balcony, um, one I think fall kind of afternoon, I'm facing the grass of my balcony and the, the patio door is open, but I'm, my back is to it. And I just felt this presence behind me. Um, I knew it wasn't a human being. It was the most loving, but most powerful presence I've ever felt in my life. Loving, kind, and powerful. Um, to, power and kindness don't really go together in our world so much. Um, usually power is this thing that says, I don't have to be nice to you. And if I am, that's special. But this was ultimate power. I knew that he both knew me and loved me. And I felt, I, I, and immediately I, I knew who it was. He, his, he doesn't have to announce himself. His presence says, I knew that it was um, this Jesus, this, this Yeshua, as we call him at home. And from then on, I knew, and I began reading, I read the Bible and I, I didn't turn back and that just changed everything. It changed everything. <laughs> well, you you said you have you, you have children, and yes. you know you're a, a Jewish mother. Your your yes. children have been raised. So right. as you as you've been going through this journey, how did you take your children along? Uh, did I, they come along? I, that's an awesome question because I, I think some like not many people ask that, and it's such a huge thing because you would think like, well, they're seeing all this. Stuff. So during my my even my wandering, I kept up. Jewish practices, because these are Jewish, you know, these are Jewish kids, they've always done Shabbat, they've always, so I kept doing it, and from my childhood, I kind of learned to do things, just to do them, you know, so I was doing them, but after I, I believed in, in Yeshua, and that's really controversial belief in the Jewish community, it's not something that's taken lightly to believe in Jesus, it's like the defining thing that you just don't do, you can believe in that different rabbis were the waiting the messiah everyone's waiting for you can believe that but jesus is off the list he's a big no <laughs> um so and it's, it's even almost offensive you know um and so but when i when i kind of like when i knew this i told the kids they were pretty young so they still are i told them and for some reason it just made sense to them it just clicked 
And that is not of my doing because I'm not, I'm not a, a pushy religious mom because, you know, I grew up in a strict household and I know that what that does, it pushes you away, makes you feel trapped, makes you feel like you have to pretend. But I just shared my experience with them and they just went, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, he's Messiah. And my kids, they pray on their own. They, they read on their own. And we have some families who believe the same things as we do. And I, don't, I know it's God, not me, that it's been like this seamless thing that just makes sense in our family, that we're this Jewish family that, believe in, that believes in Yeshua, Jesus is the Messiah. It's just like a, a strange thing. There are others like us, though. So that's comforting. But um, yeah, so that's our life. So the book you just uh, that was just released, Reconnecting yes. with God. It, well, it's actually called um, Dear God. But yes, it's about reconnecting with God. OK, but yeah, that, it's, that's like the subtitle. Yes. <laughs> OK, so Dear God. So what are you looking to do with this? Um, yes. Are you looking for other people? To, because there are a lot of people who may not believe in God, may yes. believe in something else. I mean, are you looking to push what you feel onto other people or are you giving them hope that there is whatever they believe in? Exactly. You, you know, that's what you believe in, but believe in something there's, there's hope out there. Exactly. Cause I, I've, I'm a really big believer in not pushing <laughs> because I've been pushed so many times in my life. And Everyone, even when you're physically pushed, the natural reaction is to stiffen up because everyone has their own unique journey that they're going to go on. Um, my book is, is really a collection of, of prayers and just prayers that I prayed to God when I was first really reconnecting. And they weren't easy prayers for me to pray because I had, when you come out of so many traumatic experiences and, and so much going on, I came out very bruised and I you know, and not broke, broken, you know, to be honest. Yeah, this, this, um, yes, broken is difficult. Sometimes it's it, a, even harder than, than bruised. Yes. You know, bruises can heal. Broken yes. means you need to put some pieces back together again. Exactly. Oh, I love your questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's so different because bruised, you can walk around. Bruised, you can fake it. Broken is different. So in the prayers that I'm praying, um, I'm very broken. And I, I initially blamed a lot of that brokenness on God, um, which I think is a pretty natural reaction. You know, when, when kids have something go wrong, go wrong, even if you've warned them, they're kind of like, well, well, you, you know, well, you could have. And it was kind of this, well, how do, can I trust you? So many things have gone wrong in my life. Can I, can I even trust you? And I'm, I'm praying these things like, who are you? Um, if you love us, why is the world like this? And these are all prayers that I prayed. It started off as a journal, actually, this book. And it's really just, and as, as I was writing these prayers, he would answer them and he would talk to me and that's reflected in it too. Um, and, and, and he has like this still small voice and he'll teach through so many ways. He'll do it with, with all of his creation, you know? And I just learned so much about who he is, who he is not too. Um, who he is not is really important because. So give me an know, example of days. who he, give me an example of who yes. he is not. Oh my goodness. He is not a God who lives to condemn us, who is, um, he is very much a father, which I found so strange because 
God didn't have to be a father. He could have just been God who commanded over people and, and was powerful, but he actually wanted a relationship of father children with us, not, not king and, and slaves. And it, my relationship with him is very much like that where I can curl up against him, just tell him the things that are happening and feel his comfort. And I, I, wish you know it's hard for me to write this book I actually tried to get out of the book deal a few times because it felt so vulnerable and it felt um like something I wanted to keep hidden and precious kind of my this relationship that I was forming with him but then he put this image in my mind of someone who was going through some of the things that I went through someone who's in like the darkest night of their life um and not knowing that they're both seen and loved by by the ones who created the one who created the whole earth and just knowing seeing that alone even if I'm writing it for one person who needs to know that they are yes that you are held and you are loved in in a real way not the universe is fighting for you not the universe but actually God who knows you by name and that became my motivation <laughs> okay I mean one of the things you say is he's not in your corner he is your corner yes so what exactly do you mean by that? I mean, one of, um, there's this psalm that I love and it talks about God being your refuge and being like, um, there's this imagery of him being this bird um, and, and he covers you with his wings. I think it's Psalm, I, I always forget the numbers, 90, 91. And, he, and it's covering you with his wing. And I love that because he's not just, not just like this coach, you know, watching as as you're you know how the coaches um in boxing how they're in the in the corner and and they're watching you take these blows he's not like that he's actually also shields us he comforts us yes we go through things but he's he's there he's intervening we can talk to him and get help he he covers us there's so many things i you know one thing you know after this life is said and done um i think one of the things I'm most interested if I get to sit, you know, which I know we are going to sit down and talk. I know this, you know, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people, but I'm going to make the point, whatever you have to do, stand in line. Um, no, um, I want to see all of the times when he protected me and covered me and I didn't even realize it because I know that happens for each and every one of us where his grace permeates this world and without even him taking credit for it most of the time. Um, he cares about each of us individually. Um, that's something that I wish people knew and, and, and feel. And anyone can feel that. Anyone can do that. Um, it's just a matter of, he says, like, you know, if when you draw me near to me, I'll draw near to you. And that's the entire answer is go to him, talk to him. <laughs> and okay. he will answer you. He will. <laughs> well, when we started, I said that your moniker is the honest toddler. Yes. Why? Um, so I actually started this Twitter account called The Honest Toddler. And I was and that's actually how I got my first book deal <laughs> was it just I, I so I had this. Well, not the, I, my second. My firstborn was such an easy kid, the easiest kid in the entire world. Um, and I thought it was because I was an, an amazing, wonderful parent. Um, turns out she was just an easy kid. So my second kid comes out like kind of like a typical like actually not typical, very rambunctious. Um, the toddler years were. I mean, I got, I started to go gray at around like 26. Because I was just <laughs> <bored>. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> like, I mean, her scream in a grocery store, people would turn around because it didn't even sound like a human child. It sounded like a pterodactyl, some kind of bird of prey, you know? And, and um, I mean, we would cross the street and she'd just be, decide she was done walking, just sit down. You know, she, she's always been very feisty. Even now she's feisty and she, she's not bad, just feisty. Um, mm-hmm. run, run, for her, run for, you know, our money. And so I started this Twitter account and I was writing as a toddler, as this rambunctious toddler and parents just really connected to it. So, so, so I, I kept it. Um, and looking back on it now, I almost feel like that is my relationship with God where I'm this kind of toddler, this brat who's like, why is this happening? You know, like, uh, I hate you, but I need you. You know how toddlers are. Like I can do it by myself. Okay. I need you, but I can do it by myself. Kind of a thing. <laughs> okay. So you mentioned about you started off on Twitter and you were talking as an honest toddler and moms connected. It's not just that moms connected. And we talked about this for a few minutes before we started. It's the fact that you are on social media. um, You have a huge following, but it's not that you have a huge following. You have a huge interaction with people which is unusual because a lot of people, yes, they have people who might do a smiley face and a little Mm -hmm. like, and so on, but you have conversation, you engage, people are engaged. How, um, how do you think that even came about? How are you able to really connect with people? I can understand, yes, a toddler, that's, you know, mothers, (laughs) you know, they're always looking for some kind of outlet. But now you have, dear God, Yes. And not everyone believes in God. Exactly. Not everyone has the same religion, but somehow yes. what you're talking about is not really specific to any one religion per se or any one belief. How are you able to connect so many people who come from such diverse backgrounds, such diverse beliefs, and really get them uh, to, to communicate, to right. interact with you and other people? Well, I, it's not always easy, especially with the, the religious part, because when I did start um, writing about Dear God and talking about my faith, there were people who said, I wish you would go back to the funny, relatable mom content, but I do both, you know, and some people said, well, she does both. If you don't like this, like, don't, you know, skip those posts. And so there have been bumps in the road, um, but mostly it's about honesty um, and writing from the heart because we're all human beings. We have so much in common, even we come from different income brackets, different families. Yes. Different, different races, different religions, but we have so much more in common than we could ever even try to have um, apart. So when we're willing to be honest with each other about what's going on, that honesty will transcend the differences and people, people will connect, people connect to it. And I think especially with so much of social media being so curated, so perfected, so planned, um, so beautiful, you know what I mean? Like, it's so planned and, 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 okay, does this go along with my brand? This is not that. (laughs) Yes. People do want to see beautiful things. I I follow this, this one Instagram account that, oh my gosh, it's like, first of all, I don't even know how she keeps a house like this. Everything's white in her house. (laughs) Everything's white. And there are no, there are no like boxes of cereal or, or, or 
or cans of things. She keeps everything in like these jars, these glass, beautiful glass jars. And just like, wow. First of all, I wouldn't be comfortable in a house like that because I'm not even up to that standard, but I would love, I would love it if I could do something like that. Well, you it's know, just, white, white is easier to clean than anything else because you could use bleach. Mm, you, use bleach. <laughs> you just expose one of the secrets. A, a, a friend of mine had, yes, uh, had white carpeting with bleach. an infant and I asked and sure enough, it's because you can use bleach. And that's why they do it because it's like sparkling all the time and and her house just glistens and she posts these videos of like she's cooking dinner and it's just like perfect and yes that's fun to watch but we also want to connect especially now more than ever because life is so uncertain and kind of crazy and weird um we just want to connect so I think if people are willing to share what's really on their hearts and what's really going along going on in their lives people will respond to that People will do it. And it's not always easy, I know, because you're like, well, I don't want people to know, but people are going through things that they're keeping too. <laughs> that's, very, that's very true. Um, yeah. But what you're doing is trying to, by, by opening up yourself, you're helping other people to open up, whether they believe or not. It doesn't matter. It's conversation. Yes. Co- talking. It's con- con- it, right. It's conversation. Yes. You're not trying to get somebody to believe what you believe, but no. you're getting people to open up. Um, uh, and, and, and especially during these times, people are yes. looking for that connection yes. um, to, and to be able to, to voice how they feel. Yeah. So you've done that as far as I'm concerned, beautifully. Thank Um, you so much. What if you had one thing that you want people to take away from this conversation, your book, um, your writings, what would that be? That they are loved. They are seen, accepted and loved. Um, if I had gone through my life actually knowing and feeling that, um, it would have made all the difference. And so I just want people to know that. I get messages from people. Sometimes people share with me what they're going through, really hard things, Ugh, just such hard things where they have this beautiful profile photo and you have just no idea what they're going on and dealing with in their lives, you know? And we're all like that. All of us are like that. And I just, you know, we can't prevent every bad thing from happening. We can't. We're going to go through hard times. We're going to go through like the roughest times. You know, there's some valleys in life (laughs) and I know what it's like to be there. But if you can know that you are truly, truly loved and seen um, and held through those times and not that you have to be a religious person, but it helps to be able to talk to God. It just helps to be able to pray. You know, scientists, they did this study where it like relieves stress even. So if you, if you can just start by knowing that you're loved and knowing that you're not alone, um, I just want people to know that. I want them to know that because <laughs> the okay. darkness is loud about, about, you know, about those voices that come, you know, you're alone. You're not good enough. That Those things are loud. So I want to be loud about the other side. No, you are loved and you're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good you for the you. Other voice. <laughs> so where can people find out more about you? Where can they follow you? Where can they, you know, find your, your, your books? Thank you. Um, on, on, um, Facebook it's, it's Bumi Laditan, which is a B-U-N-M-I and then L-A-D-I-T-A-N. Um, on Instagram, I, I used honest toddler one, um, okay. and the books are 
like Amazon, IndieBound, anywhere you like to buy books. And I think it's still at Target right now, um, but also like Barnes and Nobles, things like that. <laughs> okay. Thank Umi, you. I thank you so much. I thank you for sharing um, everything you've shared today. Um, I, I really thank you. Uh, you have anything yeah. in the hopper? Anything? new coming along? Oh, thank you for, you asked like the best questions. Um, I do. I'm actually, well, wait, am I supposed to, I think I can say, yeah, I've been saying it. I'm working on <laughs> Confessions of a Domestic Failure 2. So the second to the fiction um, novel. And then I'm also working on um, Dear God 2, which is um, prayers for my children, because I, I've always um, struggled with anxiety in my life. I'll, I take medication for anxiety, probably always will. Um, but praying has helped me so much um, to be calmer about, about my kids and deal with the fears because I just, I, I pray for them all the time and it helps me release, release fear and, and just really embrace their life. I know it's not always going to be easy, but the one thing I can do is, is pray for them and, and try to be the best parent I can. Well, it sounds like you are definitely, uh, giving them the best of a good mother. Thank you so, so much. <laughs> Umi, thank you so much for taking the time and being with me today. Thanks. This has been eye-opening. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sylvia. Thank you for having me on your show. My pleasure. Thank you for joining me today. If you liked what you heard, please share it with another person you think would be interested. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. Join me next week when I talk to another extraordinary, inspiring woman. Today's podcast is sponsored by Upper Deck, the national full-service virtual gym that has reinvented the at-home workout experience. Upper Deck has more than 30 strength and cardio classes a week. Named Best Fitness Club in the Gold Coast for 2020, Upper Deck brings the gym to you with live coaching and motivation. Upper Deck's unique classes are interactive. They have two coaches, one leading your workout and one keeping her eyes on you, providing feedback and encouragement in real time. For a free week of unlimited virtual classes with no strings attached, email info at UpperDeckFitness.com and let Upper Deck know you're a Sylvia and me listener. This has been a Life of Prey production.